Wow. Longhorns. Uh, in the uh, regular season, uh, with a 38-27 decisive victory against Baylor, Rod, the Longhorns did something today that they haven't done almost all season. They closed somebody out. They had a lead, and then they closed them out. So uh, impressive move there by the Longhorns. Uh, what I liked most about it was you know, at one point in the game, because it, it, it came down to kind of a street fight, right? I mean, it's key. Both, both of these teams, it was kind of a battle of physicality. And at one point, I mean, I thought it was obvious that Baylor had the the edge. Right? They had the physicality edge. They were, they were, I won't say they were manhandling Texas, but they were having their way with Texas uh up front and it seemed like texas basically at one point decided especially in the fourth quarter and you can tell it was deliberate by the play calling we'll talk about why uh the play calling became you know focused on the run game mostly uh but i i think steve sarkeesian and even the entire team basically it was almost symbolic how the game closed out rojo was the one that ended up getting you know, the, the final closeout touchdown. What a play. What a play, Rod. Jumps over the guy. Uh, Rojo showing y'all. Yeah, just I know y'all love Bijan. Just so y'all know, I got I got some skills too, okay? <laughs> yeah, I got got some skills too. You know, I love that. And I love that basically it was closed out with the running game. Um, yeah. in, a, in a game that was all about the physicality in the trenches, they decided to put some Bijan on it and put some Rojo on the side. And that's what led you to victory. And that's and 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 one other thing too. We got can't, we can't. We got would be remiss if we didn't mention this to start out. Jalen effing Ford. And I think we should start the effing too, because he's <laughs> the guy. I mean, he he's still a clutch performance. Think with this, Bobby. Without Jalen Ford, you have like two more losses on the schedule already. That Iowa State game, he was huge. Got the pick in the end zone and fumble recovery in that game. K-State game, same thing. Gets the pick at half. And get the fumble recovery at the end of the game, and then this game he gets the game saving pick. Man, this dude, I, I I just haven't seen anything like him at linebacker in a while. Man, it's been a while. I, I was at the stadium when DJ uh, Derek Johnson was doing the intro to get everybody pumped up, and I texted him then. I was like, man, dude, that, that's a nice intro. Uh, but Jalen Ford, man, he's doing his thing. He's uh he's he's bringing back some uh some swag to the linebacker room at Texas, no question. Matt, let's uh put up the uh, stat chart. Uh, for today, please. Uh, Matt, our producer, helping us out here in the On Texas Football Post Game Show. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers, former Longhorn, current uh, of the 104.9 The Horn, the drive time show in the afternoon there in Austin. Uh, Rod, look at these numbers. I looked at the halftime numbers. Baylor literally dominated time of possession, yep. dominated the first downs, all of that stuff. But look at this. Texas comes back, and I have a hard time believing this because at one point Baylor had almost had two times the plays Texas had. I remember that. I saw that. Yeah. But Texas ends with 21 first downs to Baylor's 18, 400 plus yards, 208 yards on the ground, and that includes the sacks that Quinn Ewers took. I mean, 48 negative yards for Quinn Ewers uh, today on the wow. ground, and Texas oh, still ran for a buck 94. Uh, just an absolute mauling in the second half. Um, you know, they did it even at, at one point, Ika, the big defensive lineman for Baylor was out, but he came back in the game and they still just took it to him, Rod. And, and Texas I, lost an O-lineman, right? Texas lost Baylor guys, apparently Baylor guys think that 
this is something that hurts them against the power run, and it's really the only team that's lined up and been able to run power against them all year, is that the outside zone, so much that Baylor works on on offense, yeah. makes their defense not prepared for that inside run step that Texas yeah. does. And yeah. I tell you what, uh, Texas did not throw the ball uh, the, the last drive to go ahead. And then the drive to the the uh, both of the last two drives they did not throw the ball, so uh, they just ran it down Baylor's throat. Baylor uh, said, "Uncle, uh, big time uh, job by the Longhorns today." That's amazing they got that much total yardage, honestly, because I, I got to go track and see how much of that came essentially, basically in the fourth quarter where they decided, "Man, we're just running the rock." Or I think that was, honestly, it was like late third quarter, mid third quarter where they. Not abandoning the pass, they decided, you know what, man, we're gonna we're gonna abandon the pass. We're gonna take it outside in the backyard, shoot it, and bury it. We're done with it. Let's just run the rock. Let's just close them out, run the rock. And they did. That was I gotta go see the you know the ratio pass to run right late. There. Look at crazy. that, Rod. Yeah, Fourth quarter 132 yeah. yards to four. And it, it, it exactly running the rock though. You had 132 total yards in the fourth quarter, 131 was just running the rock, man. They was just they, and they abandoned the pass. It's very rare. We always say to people abandon the run. No, no, no. They abandoned the pass. <laughs> <laughs> it was they awesome. Did. You, it was you know awesome. what Texas also did? Uh it was another game. Uh it was an interesting game plan, game plan, I thought, from Coach Pete Kwiatkowski, the defensive coordinator for the Longhorns. Uh Baylor clearly. Uh, got the better of Texas in the first half, but it never looked like Baylor was completely on the mark, except for maybe that last drive before the second half. Baylor was having to work for it every time. Uh, they even went for it four times, I think, and made four, four or five fourth downs uh, against the Longhorns, including one from their own 38-yard line in the second half, or in the early in the the uh, third, or in, late in the third quarter. I was like, what are they doing? Uh, but maybe Aranda saw what we saw in the run game from Texas and knew that he was going to get a heavy dose of uh, number five and number two. Uh, what a day for for the Longhorns. The Longhorns finished the regular season eight and four. Uh, outscore wow. Baylor overall 38 to 27 in the game. You know, tell you what, Quinn Ewers doesn't um, fumble. Mm -hmm. uh, you could be looking at a two or three score game here. Texas really dominated the second half, scoring 21 points uh, to just eight uh, for Baylor. Uh, excuse me, just uh, 10. Yeah, no, 10 for Baylor uh, or 11 for Baylor. Uh, but seven or eight of those came on a uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, um, and, you know, I think that was Sark, and I'll give him a ton of credit. When you saw Quinn Ewers obviously struggling uh, once again, right, he's – the growing pains, whatever you want to call it. We'll talk about that. It's almost a separate issue because they found a way to win the game. Um, yeah, I, I love that, you know, Sark essentially de-emphasized him, took him out of the equation altogether. And I know it almost seems like a, you know, a, kind of a backhanded compliment saying that, but because obviously it's backhanded. It seems like I'm disrespecting Quinn Ewers. I'm not. But taking him out of the equation gave you the best chance to win that game. Right. It's all once you get past your initial script and the opening game planning, throw it all out the window. Just go find a way to win the game. And the way to win the game was I'm just going I'm a we're going to run the rock. We're going to run. We're going to abandon the pass and run the rock. And for Sark, I got to go see how often he's abandoned the pass uh, to that extreme uh, as a play caller. 
because I know that's uncomfortable for him, as we've seen. Even think about the, that Quinn Ewers fumble. I think it was a it was a Bijan Rob. They'd already started to dominate the run at the time, Bobby. They'd yeah. already started to, to to have their way with Baylor. There was a, I think before that was a nine yard run or some of that uh, some along those lines. And yet Sark Steele decided it was a double move. It was a double move by X-Men on the outside because he wanted that shot. He's like, oh, I want my shot. I want my shot. You know, Sark, even when it's going well, I want my shot. And he was trying to take that shot. And, he t- and, and, you know, I'm not saying it was the wrong time to do it, but it came back to hunt him because I think it, he realized, man, I should have just stuck with the run. It was working. Why? It, you know what I mean? And I think that after that, I would love to go see the, the, the play calling after that because I think that's when he decided to hell with it. Quinn Ewers, it, it, he's having a bad day. Uh, I'm not gonna bench. I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna take him out and put Hudson Card in. But essentially, I'm doing. I'm taking him out of the equation. And, and and you know what? Quinn Ewers statistically had a good game. He's had those moments. 12, those 12 moments. of 16. 12 of 16 for 179. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Or, you it know, was, 12 of 16 for 194. Yeah. I mean, 12 point yard, 12.1 yards for the attack. 176 QB rating, but it doesn't count the. The uh, safety. the safety, and it doesn't count the sack fumble touchdown. <laughs> um, but you know what? When he did throw the ball, he wasn't he wasn't loose with it. He threw some nice balls downfield. Even that, you know, in the second half, that the ball to Jordan Whittington that was a first down on a first and twenty after it looked like Texas was uh, self inflicted wounds with Hayden Connor two consequative uh, oh, uh, false starts after Jatavian Sanders false start on a fourth down show our fourth down. Uh, play um look I, I think I think he can he played okay it wasn't all about Quinn Ewers no, all about the, hey I want to get to I want to get to Tommy Yarish who was at the game uh our Tommy Yarish uh Tommy welcome in bud uh Bijan and Roshan show on on Friday afternoon in DKR Hey, Bob. Hey, Rod. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, Bijan and Roshan show just like it was last week in Kansas although last week was a little more Bijan and Oh, no. looks like he looks like we lost him, but he's right. I mean, uh-huh. let, Matt, show the the final stats for rushing, please, uh, here for everybody. Look at that. Toted the rock twenty nine times. Roshan got it thirteen. Uh, they they combined the two of them combined for more than two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. No, it's because I, I I I love the game plan. I think that Sark he didn't you know overcomplicate this they started slow in the game too so i think that's probably because of senior day and the short week distractions holidays i don't you know that was a slow start for texas uncharacteristically and i think also sark decided after that you know that fumble recovery for a touchdown why complicate things if we can if we can just run it down their throat and be which is I think for Sark, something he doesn't like uh, for a team is to be one-dimensional to try to win a game. <laughs> he decided, you know what? We're going to be one-dimensional. I'm just going to try to win the game. I think the step was they found a way to win the game, and then Sark decided by, you know, whatever means necessary, I'm just going to just win this game. It ain't got to be pretty. I don't care how it looks. Let's just go win the game. And it was similar to the case, the Kansas game, and they decided that the run game is their – that's their identity. Let's just run the rock. That's where our best players are. That's where our depth is. And we want to win. We want to be a physical football team. If you want to be a physical football team, got to be able to run the rock. And Texas, what Texas did. Texas was the more physical football team in the fourth quarter when it mattered most. And 
Baylor actually averages their most yards per carry throughout the season in the fourth quarter because they wear down opponents, right? They're really good O-line, they're experienced, and they, they, they're, they're stubborn in you know, trying to run the rock. And for Texas, actually, you outlasted them, and you were the better team in the fourth quarter. That's the growth. All right, Rod, transformation for this Texas team. A year ago, they got run off the field in the fourth quarter against mm-hmm. Baylor in Waco. This year, they run the Bears off the field. Yep. Fair? No doubt. No doubt. Exactly. Yep. When it, when yeah, the game wasn't decided yet, the game was still on the line. The game yep. was still on the line. And you decided, no, no, no. This, we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna we're gonna manhandle them. We got that's what we'll do. We're gonna we're gonna impose our will on these Baylor Bears. And if that game plan didn't work, people would have, you know, we'd have criticized Sark. Hey man, you were one sided. You you decide, you know, what I mean people would have criticized him, but no, I mean Texas believed in their ability to run the rock, and that's been the case all year. We know that the rush defense has been the most consistent part of the defense and, and, and honestly, probably of the team. But you ran the ball well against the best rush defense and the best defense in the Big 12 in Iowa State to close out that game against Iowa State, right? Remember that? Remember the Rojo, Bijan, uh, that drive that was, what, 75 yards? And I think it was like 70 or two of it or whatever was just running the football. And you ran the ball against K-State on the road. Right. That was big. Right. That was one of Rojo's games. Uh, sorry, with B. Jones games, we had at least 30 rushes. Um, and that was a really good defense. Probably the second best uh, defense in the Big 12 uh, or third, probably behind Texas, actually, because <laughs> Texas is probably behind Iowa State, honestly, right now, if you look at it. Um, and then right now to close out this game at home against a really physical football team that prides themselves on winning the lines of scrimmage. And they got really good NFL caliber players on their lines of scrimmage. You played bully ball and you bullied Baylor. Yeah. All right. Talking about the let's go back and see if we can get Tommy in here. Uh, Tommy, you were there. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Bijan and Roshan? Yeah, sorry, guys. The Internet here isn't all that great. But uh, like you guys are talking about, Bijan and Roshan show again today. Uh, anytime that you give Bijan 30 touches, I think things are probably going to end up pretty well for you. And today was a pretty good example of that. He gets in twice. And then how good for Roshan to cap off senior day with a nice hurdle into the end zone as well. But those two really worked well together. And Ian and I, Ian and I in our game preview earlier this week talked about how Bijan really struggled against this Baylor run defense last year. 43 yards last year against the Bears, his lowest outing on the entire season. This time around, he comes out. I think it was, what was it, over, over 170 again with two touchdowns for him this time. So he's over 100 yards again. Uh, runs extremely well. He was breaking tackles. Really the second half, I think, things started to click for him. Yeah, you see one second there. Things started to click for him. And then you bring in Roshan Johnson every once in a while to give Bijan a little bit of a rest. And that's just completely unstoppable it was for Baylor this time. And we were worried. The only worry that Ian and I were talking about earlier this week was that interior defensive line for the Bears. And it really wasn't an issue. I thought that Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones on the tackle side of the ball had amazing games. They were creating big blocks. DJ Campbell stepped up when Cole Hudson went down. Obviously, hope the best for Cole. But DJ, man, really nice game. Other than that first snap when he kind of missed his man and let Quinn get back, he was really solid. And then Jake Majors in the middle he's been incredible all year. So really a all-around win for the Texas offensive line and the Texas run game. i got to ask you um, about the defense. Jalen Ford uh, made a big play. Think back to Iowa State. Uh, Anthony Cook makes a big play late. Kansas State, Keandre Coburn strips uh, Adrian Martinez of the ball. Uh, here against Baylor. 
Uh, Jalen Ford comes away with a big interception uh, to give Texas the ball back and the lead. Uh, talk about uh, Jalen Ford and who else, whoever else you thought played extremely well today. Oh, well, Bobby, Jalen Ford made a lot more than one big play. He was flying all over the field, uh, really, I think, his best game of the season. And I think Joe tweeted it out earlier today that he should definitely be the front runner, if not the winner, of the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. I think that was his fourth interception on the season. Just incredible year for him to see 13 tackles, two of them for a loss. And then the interception as well got a hit on the quarterback. DeMarvion Overshun pretty well. Honestly, I think he won't get talked about as much. But Jade Barron was amazing today. Wherever Jalen Ford was, he was only a step behind. So I think Jade is making leaps and bounds as he uh, towards the end of the season. And he's been solid all year, but he's really gotten better. And you just see that every week. He had that big sack on fourth down – or not fourth down, excuse me, on third down to set Baylor up for fourth down when DeMarvion Overshone got through the, uh, the line of scrimmage and made a hit on Blake Shapin. Uh, Jade was everywhere. He had a couple tip passes as well. So – Really all-around good effort from, from Barron and, and uh, Jalen Ford. Tommy, I appreciate your time, bud. Uh, how, you know, we know that uh, there were not a lot of students there today because most students head home for Thanksgiving weekend, go to Houston, Dallas, parts in between. Uh, what was the, what was the, uh, the uh, stadium there like uh, this afternoon? Yeah, anytime you have a game the day after Thanksgiving, it's going to be a little less crowded. Uh, but not, when really A&M. not when you play A&M. Not when you play A&M, Not when we play A&M. That, 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 that won't be the case in a couple of years. I can promise you that. But sadly, until then, uh, we, we, won't, we won't see as many people there. But nonetheless, still a good crowd. Uh, not sure what the, uh, the attendance was, but it, it was pretty full. It was still loud. Uh, student section was not rocking like it has been in the past, but it was still pretty loud. They helped out their guys, and there was, a, there was a good amount of people there. And I'll be honest, it was tough waking up at 6 in the morning to make the two-hour drive up here from Houston. But I'm glad I did. This was a great game to, to end the regular season on. All right. That, Tommy Garish, you've done a great job all year. Tommy, folks, is just a junior, I believe, or sophomore at the University of Texas. Junior, but he yeah. already – uh, already, uh, much, uh, much. He's on a track to to do something for himself in the the uh, audio visual realm uh, before things go. This will not be the last you hear of him. Tommy, thanks a bunch, bud. For thanks, sure. thanks right. guys. And uh, right now it's Rock Chalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. damn right, Rock Chalk Jayhawks, man. Hell yeah, brother. There you go. We'll yeah, see you, right. Tommy. You be good, bud. You guys take it easy, man. Hey, uh, before we get going back to the game, I want to go to a, a, a commercial break here. We got to get in a, a one commercial. Uh, so please sit tight here for about 45 seconds to a minute. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash on Texas. That's betterhelp.com forward slash on Texas. I got to tell you, uh, Rod, that uh, I think a lot of Longhorn fans, after a up and down season, need better help uh, in, in the likes 
because frankly, we all know it. Uh, we we know that we've ridden the roller coaster with them, hey. and it hasn't always been easy. But BetterHelp.com uh, oh, forward yeah. slash on Texas uh, for those folks uh, looking for. And I don't want to make light of mental health, uh, mental health, uh, because you and I both know, Rod, that that's uh, very important uh, to each and every one of us. All right, so let's keep let's get going here. Uh, Jalen Ford is who I want to talk about uh, next, and and the reason why. Is because he has been such a revelation this year. We literally have talked about him almost after every single game, with the exception of the very first game of the year. It's like the light switch went on with him. Their worst opponent, the worst opponent they played all year long, was his worst game. And then from then on, nearly every game, I I do believe he's gotten better every game. I haven't seen like one step of regression. For Jalen Ford, it has been unbelievable. You're talking about a guy that's going to be potentially top three, four all time in single season tackle leaders at Texas. Like well, he's if these stat, hey Rod, if these stats stand, 13 tackles today, he's right? got 111 tackles for the season. That's what I'm saying. Right? That, that's like that's like top three or four right there, and he still got a oh rock chalk Jayhawk. Um, but <laughs> you know, he still got another game. And yeah, I said it last week. I, I and I agree with the texter. Jay Ford, if he ain't Big 12 defensive player of the year, he's definitely in the conversation for Big 12 defensive player of the year. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No and for him to take that kind of leap from last year is unbelievable and a true testament to development, man. There's a lot of guys we can point to on this team um, that have, we have seen their trajectory. I'm almost skyrocket after an offseason with this coaching staff. So get this coaching staff a ton of credit. Get the guys a ton of credit. They went to work. These guys went, it's obvious they went to work. Um, I mean, listen, they're still, they're eight and four. All right. So <laughs> they're improved. It ain't good enough because we expect that championship standard at Texas, but coming from where they were last year, it is a exponential improvement and specifically on the defensive side of the ball. And you're talking about the, I mean, Jalen Ford probably is symbolic of that. He's the microcosm of it. He's improved more than any other player on that defense. And he leads by example. Uh, no question about it. I tell you what, uh, let's talk about this a little bit too, Rod. Texas went down nine to nothing. Yep. They they, they stopped Baylor on their first drive. Uh, and then uh, Quinn Ewers had the, uh, the grounding call that was a legitimate grounding call, in my opinion. It was, uh, by the way, one that Baylor should have gotten themselves uh, two quarters later. But uh, apparently this crew only this crew. By I, I want to say this. This crew is the same crew that was in Oklahoma at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And Oklahoma State had zero penalties called against. Them. How many do you think Baylor had called against them today? Uh, I don't know. Four. One. Wow. One penalty against the opponents in eight quarters. Yeah, that don't look good. That's that's, that's not humanly possible. Um, let's let's just get clear. But regardless, and it was an off it was an offsides call or a delay of game call on Baylor for shouting out the the run. So no holding calls against anybody for you know, <laughs> eight quarters. I, 
Rod, you've been there. Um, yeah. But I want to get I want to get back to to what we were saying and uh, you know the overall thing. Texas went down nine to nothing. Mm-hmm. They could have folded a little bit there. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm looking at the drive where they came back and scored. And this is why I wasn't so mad at Quinn Ewers on that drive. 18 yard toss to to uh, Xavier Worthy, but that was really just a shovel pass. Pitch. Yeah, yep. shovel pass, a yeah, shovel pass. Then he had a 20 or 37 yard run, uh, pass and run to JT Sanders. Yeah, that was a nice one. That's a crossing route, right? Nope. Yeah. He, throws, he throws those well. He loves the. He likes those. He's he likes to feather them. He likes to feather them. Is he what does. he likes. To do. Yeah, and yeah. then because uh, he, he throws the guys open a little bit. He does. He, he yeah, you're right. He layers it too. He can throw it over the, the linebacker. Yeah. Then he came back with a nine yard throw to to uh, Xavier Worthy, and then ran for the touchdown on the zone read keep. It's the first time he's kept. On the zone read all year, I think, hey, right? Break, you got to break tendency. Totally broke tendency at the right time. You got to break tendency in big games, Bobby. You know, especially late in the season, after everybody studied you. Your ten, they know your weaknesses. They know what you, what you do and all that. I don't know. That was great. That was that was perfect. And but you know, you know, Sark told them, keep it. Just they, trust me. They they're gonna they're gonna they they, they they nobody expects you to keep it. Just keep it. You're going. And he was. But, and nobody was even close to him. So Texas goes up, uh, goes da- is down seven nine. Comes back, Bijan Robinson, uh, nice, uh, 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 nice drive after a short Baylor punt. Uh, they got a short oh, field. Shank? What's that? Oh, the shank. Yeah, the shank. Oh, Texas God. scored off of that. that uh, then Baylor went down and, and and got a field goal. Uh, Texas answered with another field goal. Baylor then right before half, I thought this was there were two really bad plays or series by Texas. The uh, two-minute defense, um, and I'm talking about defensively here, not offensively. There are okay. a couple stinkers on offense, but um, the, the two-minute defense, Baylor scored on that pass over the middle uh, to the tight end. Anthony Cook yeah. looked like he didn't give help inside. Uh, and then really the other one was Anthony Cook and or Jade Barron, I'm not sure who, on that long pass play that was Baylor's first touchdown. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody did I, not pick up the receiver. I got to go look at that one again, too, because I'm not sure exactly even what they were playing and who messed up. But we've seen, I mean, honestly, that's we know this team by now, Bobby, right? And we know, honestly, now probably once a game, they're good for just a miscommunication on the back end. They do. That's just, and, and not that they're, you know, it's, it's, they're bad or anything, but that's one of the unfortunate, uh, kind of disappointing things about this this defense and specifically the back seven that hasn't really improved. There'll be a miscommunication uh, at least once a game. And that was one that cost you, uh, but you know, still end up winning the game and your defense played well. Yep. I've got to ask you this, Rod. I mean, uh, I felt like Texas, when Baylor missed the field goal in the third quarter, that was big. It seemed like it took the wind out of their sails big time. And Texas just took the ball and drove it down and, and, and scored and went ahead. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that was maybe the turning point of the game was the missed Baylor field goal. And from then on, it was all Texas. In my that opinion. was a long drive. Yes. Right? It was a long – I remember I was, I was thinking to myself, man, because I was texting with uh, uh, El Presidente, my man Raul Allegra, and he was saying, man, you know, Baylor's looking physical. And they were. That was at the point where Baylor was being the more physical team. And they were out – they were they were actually, you know, beating up Texas a little bit. 
And I, I'm with you. I thought, oh man, they got they got no points out of that. That's a lot of work. Think, think about how hard, think about working really hard and getting no money for it. Like that's basically what they got nothing out of that drive. And I'm with you. I think it was deflating for them, but it was also empowering for Texas. And give Texas some credit, man. That Texas took that momentum uh, at home and, and they and they rode with it. I thought with you, I thought that was big. But I, I also like you talked about them starting at a you know a deficit behind. Uh, oh, you know, having a nine point deficit there to start the game. I remember that drive from Sark, uh, where he dialed up the kind of the next that next drive after they go up 9 0 is the X Man pitch. You talked about it, it was a really he, he has the, the diamond formation in there. I believe he throws out the 30 personnel, yeah, Keelan Robinson, yep. yeah, right. You can tell it's almost like Sark. He, I, I love and I love this about Sark that he, that he has some ready. In case the fit hits the shed, like he's like, oh, 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 I got, oh, I gotta get back to my, I gotta get to this. He, he had a little, he had something ready to go, and he went right down the field, which showed me he knew how, he knew where the weaknesses were at Baylor defense. He knew, he knew exactly what plays would work, what to dial up, and when he needed to dial them up, he did. Uh, it's just they started. I think, I, I didn't think, I believe that he thought the game would start differently. Uh, with his script. And I think once it didn't go that way, he decided, all right, these are my money plays. Let's go to these money plays real quick. Let's get this touchdown. And then we can regroup. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I, I felt like they did a good job. I mean, maybe the best overall performance in the second half this year for the Longhorns outside of Kansas. Right. For the, offense. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. Cause I liked about it. It was that, like you said, it was a fourth, there was a fourth quarter game. And they decided to they won the game in the fourth in the fourth quarter, and they did it in a way. Uh, I don't they say that it, it was it was something I think that was uncomfortable for for Sark as a play caller to just decide. You know what? I'm going to abandon the pass game. Yeah. And like you said, it, Quinn Ewers hadn't had a terrible game. He he had just had some mishaps, some two unfortunate, really big mishaps that led to points, straight up points on the scoreboard for the team that seemed disastrous, which I know hurt his confidence. And I think Sark decided. Yeah, he's confident. I'm a quarterback. My confidence will be hurting a little bit too, even though we've been making some plays in the past game. Hey, we got us. It's senior day. We got two NFL backs in the backfield. We're just gonna we're gonna run the rock, and we're already starting to see some dividends there. We're just gonna run the rock. I love that. Was it was it 132 total yards, 131 rushing yards against Baylor in the fourth quarter against a defensive front that is you know you like I said you got a you got NFL player on that defensive front in Siaka Ika. I yeah, mean, that so I thought that was really impressive, man. That's growth. That is growth from this team. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's a from one year from a year ago when they lost to Baylor the the way they did, like I said, where Baylor basically just ran it down their throat in the second half and forced Texas into submission uh, to where it was the exact opposite. Texas ran the ball down Baylor's throat and forced Baylor into submission. I like that. I mean, they did. That, that's yep. exactly what happened. Turn it um, and and Texas did it with two freshman offensive linemen, a tremendous pair of running backs. So I'm not. I don't. Texas running backs are better than the Baylor running backs. Don't they're better than most in the country. But yeah. they're, that's, they're better than like ninety percent of teams in the country. But yeah. they went two tight end a lot. They put Helm in along with JT Sanders as opposed to Carrick a lot in that fourth quarter. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. Um. And so. I, I felt like, Rod, that they really just decided to line up and run the ball, and there was nothing, nothing Baylor could do about it. Uh, I, yeah, I totally agree. What I like about it, you know, this is one of those sarcasms. He wants the complimentary football, right? Complimentary football. The defense makes plays. 
that are going to invigorate the offense. Offense makes plays that re-energize the defense. That's what you got. I mean, you know, that that I think the offense basically pounding the rock. Uh, like you said, they, they essentially emasculated that uh, Baylor defense, which I did not expect in the fourth quarter, which I did not expect. And then when, you know, you lose one of your starting offensive linemen, they, you know, they, I'm sure there were, if I go back and watch it, I'm sure that we can go look at, was it Campbell? I believe Campbell came in for Cole Hudson when he went down. I'm sure that we can go look at it and be really critical. And I'm sure there were some uh, short, you know, some shortcomings uh, there, but overall, man, being able to just run the rock like that. And honestly, maybe that's why they ran the rock too, because one thing's young offensive linemen struggle with are pass protection. But if you're just a physical specimen, man, just being able to pound the rock and smash somebody's face is a lot easier than being able to pass protect and, you know, figure out where the stunts and all the twists and things are coming from. And that's what what they did. And that was to me, um, like I said, that's complimentary football. They stopped the run and then they just ran it down their throat. It t- the fourth quarter was quick. Uh, it really did. It, it flew by because Texas dominated. I would see the time of possession there in the fourth quarter, but I don't remember Baylor having many opportunities to keep the ball. I got to, I got to agree with this. The offensive line des- deserves a, a round of applause without question tonight or, or this afternoon. Uh, they, they not only sustained their first loss of the starter this season, uh, but uh, other than that one play, that the very first play DJ Campbell came in. After that, he 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 put played himself proud uh, and really opened up some holes. They were running right behind him, uh, Hayden Connor and Jake Majors, right up the middle on base blocking, uh, and uh, he stayed after it. At the strength of the that's the strength of the Baylor defense. That's the you ran you ran at the strength of the Baylor D. Usually it will tell you now, let's try to hit them edges a little bit. No, you ran right at the guts of that Baylor defense at an NFL player. That's I got to go look at it again and see uh, what they did with Ika the whole time. But I he wasn't really a factor late in that game. No, and, and I thought they did a good job softening him up a little bit early by going outside too. Mm-hmm. Um, with the like the Xavier worthy uh, uh, shovel. Stressing them out. Yeah, I thought they did a good job and in the quick tosses to Xavier worthy. Uh, and you know, other than there's one ill-advised one, and that was uh, to Jordan Whittington, where he kind of held uh, Whittington out to dry, and I or hung Whittington out to dry. I don't think it's um, happenstance either that the very next time Jordan Whittington got the ball, he fumbled because he got rocked pretty good uh, after that. Uh, after that pass, and the very next time he was targeted, he made the catch, turned up field, and ended up fumbling. It was a good play by by the Baylor DB, but but uh, maybe. Uh, you know, Jordan was trying to do a little too much, but Jordan came back. Whittington came back with a nice run uh, on a little uh, uh, wide receiver type screen, a little bubble screen down to get a first down. And that that run or that uh, set up Texas uh, for a uh, touchdown uh, that gave the Longhorns their first lead, I think, of the second half. You're right. Uh, so it's interesting uh, what's going on right now at Texas. I, I I'll, Overall, I'm just looking at this rod. And I told you this going into the season, I thought Texas would be seven and five. I thought seven and five was about right for this team. Uh, they out, they outdid that. They're eight and four. Um, every game they've lost has been by one score, um, and they've played good. They're on a, they haven't had many winning streaks, but they've played good the last two games, I believe. Uh, the defense came to get, has come together. Uh, really, if you look at it, they really the defense truly held Baylor to less than 20 points mm-hmm. uh, because uh, yeah. 
Not, or ten of it. Non-offensive touchdowns. Yeah, one yeah, non-offensive touchdown in the safety. Yeah. Um, and so you look at it that way. The defense is 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 has really uh, led the way, and then the run game finally got going, truly to a, a dominating level against both Kansas and uh, Kansas and uh, Baylor, and probably Kansas State a little bit too. To be honest, I don't think Texas wins that game uh, without the run game going as well as it did. Yeah, and without the defense making, you know, making some clutch plays, right? We've seen defense make – okay, how about this? The defense in the last few weeks, we've seen week-to-week improvement, right? We saw TCU, Kansas, and now this performance. That's week-to-week. That's something – all right, we can look at that. That's a, that's a linear trajectory. But even when they had off games, which, you know, you could argue in that K-State game they had an off game, right? K-State started out pretty good. Adrian Martinez – they probably threw away too much uh, for K-State and Psyching, and probably wish they started Will Howard in that game. Honestly, didn't know where they threw it uh, in that game. But they made clutch plays, right? You got the Jalen Ford. I feel like this is going to be <laughs> something we repeat over and over again. The Jalen Ford interception and then his fumble recovery. That was the same thing in the Iowa State game. Hunter Deckers lit you up, but then you had that uh, clutch play by Anthony Cook to force the fumble and the fumble recovery by Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford interception early in the first half in the in the, in the end zone, which was big in that game. Um, and what that's what you lacked in the Tech game. That's what you lacked in the Oklahoma State game because you had inconsistent performances by the defense, but you didn't have the clutch plays. And that's what I'll give the defense credit for that they got better at as the season went on. You saw more and more of those clutch plays. Uh, the defense, well, hey, stay, hey, you're, you're human, right? You gonna have all play. And sometimes football is about matchups, right? It's, hey, this team matches up really well with you. Hey, even though you may be a better team overall, man, they match up well with your defense or your offense. And that defense, when they have a little bit of an off game, in this game, I would say it, it was off. It was one of those off games for them. But they make clutch plays down the stretch. That's the key for the defense. The defense is much improved. Defense of uh, the rush defense is is one of the best we've seen in a long time at Texas. It really is. And that is the, the lifeline of the defense, right? That's their heart and soul. They can stop the run almost against any team in the Big 12, definitely, but maybe even in the country. But the pass defense is a little shaky sometimes, and I was a little surprised that Baylor found some rush lanes, but it wasn't many. We look at the stats overall, and, uh, Baylor, they, they were running their head against a brick wall too. They just found – a, a few spots here and there to run the football, but consistently no team has found a rhythm running the football against Texas. Uh, except, for, except for maybe TCU in the second half. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. I'll yeah, give you that. I think, I think Taylor, uh, Texas finally got gassed. And furthermore uh, in that game, I think that the offense didn't do the Texas defense okay. any favors whatsoever. Uh, but I am just, I'm still blown away by this because Baylor, put themselves in such good position, third and three, third and two, third and four, third and five. How many times did they have third and short and you knew it was going to be two down territory for them? Yeah. And, you know, they they finished five of 18 on third downs, but four of five. So really they were nine for 18 on conversions on third and fourth down, right? If that's or nine for well, nine, 20, yeah, nine of 23. Yeah. But still, it's really only 18 possession. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. And the, that's uh, the Joey McGuire's uh, formula. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, on their own side of the field, yeah. in the third quarter, only down by two, I think. Yep. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. But 
Uh, what I'm getting at here uh, really is that the, the number that just shocks me after I saw the first half was the total plays was almost two two to one Baylor. At one point, it was 57 to 26 Yeah, total plays. And total plays ended up 75 to 64. I mean, it was much more even after the Texas run game got uncorked. Uh, and, you know, kudos to, to Steve Sarkeesian because I didn't see that coming. I thought they were going to have to throw it, get the ball outside and, and try to do that stuff. But he saw something he liked on the interior uh, and really uh, just went at it. Uh, 183 rushing yards in the second half held Baylor uh, to a total of 56 yards on offense the entire second half. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone had a heck of a game. Jade Barron had a good game. I thought Jaron Thompson uh, dropped another. Hey, Rod, I sent you a text during the game. Jaron Thompson's got your hands, buddy. He's got to be the fourth interception he's dropped that was in yeah. this year. How many just has Jade Barron dropped too, though? He dropped the pick six versus Kansas last week and then dropped another one this week. <laughs> I need to go talk to you today and say, Jade, don't let it happen, man. I, I think at least that one was defended. J- Jared Thompson literally had it in both his hands. Come That's on true. now. He's going to end up like Rod B as one of all-time uh, all-time greats on the PBU list. The pass is uh, broken up. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got to be honest. And, you know, Rod, you have one of the greatest quotes of all time. Nobody catches on a ball on my side of the field. Not even me. Not even me. <laughs> it's locked down over there, man. Nothing happening. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking with Rod Babers uh, of uh, the Horn 1047 or 104.9, uh, does the drive time show. Uh, former Longhorn, obviously all all conference performer, played a little bit in the league as well. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton for Inside Texas and on Texas football. Um, let's go to our uh, let's go to a uh, uh, ad right now that we have to do, uh, and then we'll come back here in about 45 seconds to a minute. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high-quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than 3 grams of sugar per serving. Like Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha, it helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels or Organifi Red Juice, a superfood punch that increases energy without the caffeine and only two grams of sugar. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and they don't compromise taste or quality. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods Without breaking the bank, head over to Organifi.com forward slash on Texas and use code on Texas for 20% off your entire order. Thank you to the guys at Organifi there uh, for sponsoring us. Uh, try to try to drink one a day uh, these days uh, to try to keep my uh, uh, immune system piping. Hey, uh, Rod, I had a question for you, uh, really. And this this is this goes back to a question that I think is fair uh, for anybody, really, because we talked so much about it. What happened last year at five and seven? Part of it was culture. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games. Was this a culture win, in your opinion? Oh, no question, no question about it. And uh, so was—I mean, so was the Kansas win. I mean, that was kind of a culture win. And I know it says that man that against Kansas, yeah, for this team it was considering how they won it, because uh, now we know the identity of this team. It took probably way too long for us to be able to crystallize it and be able to solidify what this what the identity of this team is, but Texas is a, uh, a, a, a run, the, a run oriented football team um, that can run the ball and they can stop the run. That's what you do because your identity is what you do as well, if not better than everybody else. What does Texas do as well, if not better than everybody else in the country, run the ball, stop the run. That's it. That's your identity period. Um, and that's what you can hang your hat on. And you should be able to – you did, like I said, you did against uh, really good teams like Iowa State. I, really, I know Iowa State's not a good team, but their defense, their rush defense. Um, did on the road versus K-State. It's how you won the Kansas game. It's how you closed out this game. Um, that's where your talent is in the backfield as well. And the line of scrimmage, that's where your leadership is on defense too. That's where your depth is, right? You go, you go five deep on the interior defensive line. You go three, four, five deep in the running back room right now too. Um, and looking at the offensive line, you had a starting offensive lineman going down, unfortunately. So knock on wood, everything's all good with Cole Hudson. And you go in the game, and you're going up against the one of the best in the guts, one of the best interior D lines in the Big 12. And you decide, yeah, you know what? Let's just run the rock. And a lot of those were interior runs, which I got to go look at. Like I said, I want to go look at exactly how they did it. I, I mean, you said they were running power. And I mean, that's, to me, that's a statement. It really is. It really, really is. That's a statement, um, Bobby. This is this is what this is what I would say too, as far as culture. Christian Jones had a false start. Jatavian Sanders had a key false start. Hayden Connor had two in a row. Yeah. They still overcame that. They they immediately turned the ball over. Defense got held them, held Baylor to a field goal attempt that went awry in the second half. Um they picked each other up. You know, the offense went down and scored. The defense got a, got a turnover. Then the offense didn't just sit on the ball and not score again. They made it a two-score game. Yep. Right? Yeah. I think that, and, and this is something that I think is fair, and I, I can't find it now, but there's a, a comment in the uh, in the uh, comment box here on the, on the uh, channel. Uh, that it was the most complete four-quarter game against a good opponent this year. You agree with that? Oh, that is good. Because one of the things about Texas, they don't play four-quarter games, right? They don't play four-quarter games all three phases. They play spurts, different phases, and it's erratic, uh, and then they find a way to win. Um, I don't think the the, the the question there is, is Baylor a quality opponent? Yeah, that's a, that's fair because I that's think they're funny. lacking on offense. Yeah, because the question that Blake Shapin doesn't make good decisions that time. And then, I mean, what are they six and six now? Yeah, no, that's you fair. Know, if, if Bill Parcells is right and you are what your record says you are, I'm not saying they're not a quality opponent, but they're they're five hundred. 
Yeah, they they also won the Big Twelve last year with with a different group of players and lost exactly six players to the okay. NFL. <laughs> Let, let's be clear. I said this too. The the shine is off of Dave Aranda. You did say worked that. on him the next it it guy. He took over this team that did really wow. poorly during the pandemic. Then won the Big Twelve. I I, I, I you know I people, like Aranda. I, I, I don't like I don't have a problem. That he underachieved this year, man. That's a that's the second most experienced O line in the country, dude. That O line, that O line alone should have had you. You know, it, honestly, you should be an eight win team from the O line alone. And there I, are some folks that believe that Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator at Baylor, will be the next offensive coordinator at Texas A and M. By the way, I uh, love Jeff Grimes though. Yeah, the lively, violent offense. I like it, but it's uh, essentially he's just trying to run the the Shanahan, Sean McVay wide zone. Outside zone. Team. Good luck. Good luck with that wherever <laughs> you're at. But I, I'm just telling you, that's what I'm hearing. So just keep in, keep that in in yeah. mind. I don't know if it's going to come to pass, but that's what uh, some folks are saying. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Baylor does. Well, and I think they gambled on Blake Shapin, and that hasn't truly worked out for him. I mean, he, he's not a bad quarterback at all. But I thought I think they thought he would skyrocket. I thought they thought his trajectory was going to put them in the Big 12 title hunt, and he hasn't really done that. He's just been – he's honestly, he's been a lot like Quinn News. He's been all over the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a young quarterback, too. He's only a sophomore, right? Exactly. Um, so, uh, redshirt sophomore. But I, I look at it. They don't have the – the uh, they don't have the receivers they had a year ago either. No. Um, they lost uh, one to the NFL, another to transferred out. I, I feel like uh, Baylor overall is, is just in – I'm not a – I know people uh, want to think that, but I, I feel like Aranda caught lightning in a bottle a little bit last year uh, with all those uh, NFL six draft picks eventually. Texas now, uh, it's going to be interesting where the Longhorns go, Rod. Uh, of course, we're waiting on the, the result of the Kansas-Kansas State game tomorrow night. Well, uh, if, if the Jayhawks win somehow, some way, which is not expected, by the way, no. Um, uh, then Texas would play in the Big 12 championship a week from now. If that's the case, I would imagine that B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson and all these seniors uh, suit up again. It, But if they don't and Texas goes to a bowl game, I'm wondering if we saw B. John's last game as a Longhorn. I don't think we've seen the last game for the Keandre Coburns, uh, the DeMarvian Overshones that maybe need some Anthony Cooks, that need some more film and, yeah. and need to look good and keep showing an upward upward trend uh, this offseason going into the draft. you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. You're right. Um, those guys, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're going to play in the bowl game, no matter if it's the Cheez-It Bowl or the Alamo Bowl, Texas. I don't even know. I, I'm just naming bowls, but no, it doesn't matter. But you're right about Bijan. Bijan's one of those guys. I mean, I believe Mel Kuyper's got him overall as a top 10 prospect. And uh, everybody has him as the top running back coming out in the draft, too. So, yeah, uh, unless he's playing for championships, which the Big 12 championship would be great. I'm with you. I, it's, it's possible that he could, you know, decide he's going to start his professional career a little bit earlier. And I don't blame him, man. You don't want to stick around for the Cheez-It Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. Texas is deep at running back. Jay Brooks, make the Jay Brooks show. Rojo, I understand he wants to move on too. Those guys have they've done great. I always say there are two types of Texas players, man. And you can always change. You don't stay one. As we know, we evolve as human beings. But there are guys who come to play at Texas and guys who come to play for Texas. 
and that great JFK quote, right? Uh, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Think about that's just like Texas, right? Some guys think about, hey man, what can Texas do for me, man? I want that, I need that NIL. I need them connections. I need that networking. Y'all need to hook me up, man. I'm here to hook y'all. Hook me up. And some guys they come to Texas thinking, man, how can I help Texas? What can I do for Texas? How can I sacrifice for Texas? What can I commit? And my man Rojo and Dijon, both of them, two of them guys that come to play for Texas. So I would not be surprised if Dijon. It all depends on his goals, right? What's your goals individually? Do you did you want to win the Heisman? Did you really want to play for national titles? Like, did you did you want to win championships? Did you, you know, I, mean, I don't know what Bijan's goals are. I don't know him that well. I've had conversations with, so I don't know what his goals are. But I do know the shelf life of great running backs. And honestly, the truth is, they peak at 28. I think he's special. I think he's elite and special. But all the more reason we, I want to watch him at the NFL level, man. I, I think his NFL career could be better than his his Texas college career. I think he's one of them. And I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see who Rojo gets with. I always say Rojo sounds like a Pete Carroll guy to me, man. I can see Rojo. Hey, hey, with um, Pete, Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll loves Rojo guys. He's playing special teams. He, you know, he loves kind of no-name backs in his office. I don't know why I think he'll end up with Pete Carroll or Belichick. I don't know. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that Rojo, uh, excuse me, Bijan went over 3,500 today. Wow. And I think that would put him at fourth all-time in Texas history. Yeah. Uh, behind Ricky Williams, said Benson, and uh, Earl Campbell. Wow. That's pretty, pretty uh, hallowed ground uh, for one uh, Bijan sure. Robinson. Um, I want to ask you this question because you've been a recruit, Rod. Okay. Jalen Ford, potentially Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, four interceptions, another big game today, had 13 or 14 tackles, plus the INT, plus I think he either had a sack or a Couple of tackles for law. I mean, just just all over the place. Yep. How big is it when you see a player that plays your position excelling? I mean, if you're a recruit, take yourself back to when you were a recruit. How big of a deal is that to you? I think you can sell it either way, right? Like uh, th- I think about the schools that I narrowed my choices down to was Texas, Texas and then Florida State was in that category. Uh, Colorado was in there too, AM. And a lot of that was, I remember them DBs balling back then. You know what I mean? I wanted to go to Florida State because Deion Sanders and, you know, guys like, you know, all time greats like that. I remember, uh, was it Deion Figures at Colorado? I remember he was clean. He was one of them guys. I looked up to him. Of course, AM had their guys with Aaron Glenn. So, yeah, a lot of it was, I remember Mac Brown told me, he was like, man, you, and this is crazy. Think about this, but it's how you know recruiting, hey, it's a sales pitch, all right? There's some truth and there's some you know, mistruths, if you will. Max said, hey, man, you remind me of Dre Bly. That's what, that was his pitch to me. And I think it was more because he knew I loved me some Dre Bly. <laughs> Ironically, I pr- I played with Dre Bly. Uh, so we got a chance to test that with my man, Mac Brown, back in the day. But I lo- I, you're right about that. When I see, I mean, I was I wanted to play um you know db as a you know high school guy I knew what i knew the position i want to play so i studied those guys and in college yeah a, a lot of the colleges that i listed as my top five schools were based on great dbs i watched play down i was like man i want to be like Deion figures when i go there i want to be like Deion sanders i want to you know those guys and i remember my dad telling me about dbu at texas he's like oh oh you and at the time you know texas had some guys but uh, I, I'll say Florida State and, you know, maybe Colorado and those other, you know, even the record crew back in then, they might have had, you know, some guys who were more prominent when I was coming up. And my dad had to help me about Jerry Gray 
and Johnny Johnson, you know what I mean? All those, you know what I mean? The Stanley, the sheriff. And I was like, okay, I had to sit down with Pops and have that talk. He's like, no, nah, man, Texas, you want to be a great DB. He said, you, that's DBU. Yes, so we we did that, and I I went to Texas. So it's big. It's it always on. And if you don't have those guys, you can sell it back. You know, at the time, like Texas didn't have great DBs ahead of me. It was like Irvis Hill, and it was uh oh god, my man. I I I love that Texas had. Like I said, Irvis was great for me. Ahmad Brooks was ahead of me. And those guys, um, Brian Westbrook was probably like that was that was that was that wasn't really in, that was probably previous. You know, to my time yeah. coming there, it was like ninety four somewhere around there, right? Um, yeah, and so, so, but the, the bigger question for you is that that matters, right? So it does matter. Seeing, seeing a guy like Jalen Ford have the year that he's having, and Anthony Hill's a big linebacker, one of the top linebackers in the country out of Denton Ryan, uh, had previously committed to AM, has been uh, tinkering with the idea at least of, of choosing Texas here. Um, that, that matters to, to see. I mean, I, I would think that it has to be a huge selling point for the Longhorns. About development, especially, especially that close to it, right? You can definitely right. sell development. Right. Um, you bring in Derek Johnson to sell the pitch I'm talking about, about the all-time great. You can bring back Derek Johnson and have him talk to Anthony Hill about the, the, the legacy. But, yeah, talking about development, what Jeff Choate and PK have done, and that's, that's phenomenal. I mean, that guy was a three-star. I remember when – was it Utah? Yep. Was it Utah that, that, that was like the other school basically in Texas? And yep. when I – and I'll give. I mean, I I've got who was on that 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 uh was it? Who was the linebacker coach with Tom Herman back then? Who was recruiting? Hot Orlando. Yeah. So give him credit, man. That that was a hell of a pull. Cause it was a that was a guy that was, I can say it was a no name, but it wasn't a big name here. Uh, you know, in in Texas that I remember. And great development by those guys, and that's a great find by Texas. So, Utah does a good job of evaluating players in the state of Texas. Talking about the Longhorns, thirty-eight to twenty-seven win uh, over Baylor. Uh, and Jalen Ford, uh, my defensive MVP for the game uh, and for the year for the Longhorns, probably the linebacker. Um, Texas wins 38-27, absolutely dominant performance in the second half uh, by the Longhorns, outscoring, I think, 21-8 to uh, in the second half. And that eight was only on a uh, fumble recovery and touchdown by Quinn, uh, off of Quinn Ewers. Uh, just two totally different halves. Look at the second half, Rod. Wow, 56 total yards to 266. That's I cool. mean, look at the time of possession. After the first half where Baylor basically hogged the ball, 21 minutes to, to nine minutes in the first half in favor of Baylor. In the second half, 12 minutes for Baylor, 1730-plus uh, for the Longhorns. Wow. Uh, I tell you what, uh, big, big props to the Texas offensive line, to B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson. And also props to the Texas coaching staff that decided, hey, let's give it to the guys that can carry the mail uh, and, and take us to victory in uh, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And I will say this, Ro Roshan Johnson has had, and B. John Robinson, they've had a lot of fun plays. The one with Roshan Johnson, you know what play that kind of reminds me of that's going to go on a poster? The leap. Yep, that leap that he had. It's going to go on a poster. Somebody's going to have a great photo. Hopefully, our, our Will Gallagher of Inside Texas has a photo of that. But you know who it's? You know which one it's going to remind me of a little bit? Give it to me. Priest Holmes against uh, North Carolina in the Sun Bowl, where oh. he the end zone. You remember that? And yeah. you always see that photo of Priest Holmes 
airborne. Bucky talks about that one all the time. I mean, Bucky Godbo used to be the running backs coach there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I can see it too. Actually, now that you say it, yeah, I can see it. But then I know what somebody's gonna do. They're gonna take the photo and they're gonna make the painting out of the Rojo one. And somebody's just sitting that to Rojo the painting, man, because that's beautiful. And it was so symbolic that Rojo was the one to close out that game. And we, I think, you know, there was, you know, he was at he had an injury that le- he left the Kansas game with an injury. And man, ain't no way Rojo going to let it, uh, some ankle injury, unless the bone was popping out, keep him out of his last game at DKR. That is one. How, okay, let's talk about all-time most beloved Longhorns. He's got to be in that conversation, man. He's got to be. I know he didn't get to accomplish all the accolades and all that stuff. That's different. But in terms of us having, he's almost kind of what, I mean, because every fan base has a has different players that they may not have achieved you know, greatness all conference and got the accolades, but they hold a special place with the fans because we know what they committed to the program. And Rojo's got to be at the top of that list, Bobby. He's got to be. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he is. Um, and I'm looking at it right now. He's over 2,000 yards for his career. As how? A, as a backup. I, no, as a backup. How? So I'm saying, how? How is that? I actually, like, that's amazing. Because he was a backup. He's a backup twice. Backup to Keontae Ingram, right? He's not, he's not even. Here, here's the issue with him, Rod. He's not even. He, 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 gained, he gained 649 yards as a freshman. And he, the year before, he was playing quarterback at Port Natchez Groves. That's what we don't talk about enough, actually. Yeah. And, yeah, and so know. I look at Roshan Johnson, and, and you talk about beloved figures in Texas football. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting because a guy like you, you're a beloved. I, I feel like you, everybody that knows you, Rod, and watch you play, love, love to watch you play. And there are guys oh, like that you. on each and every team. Uh, Casey Hampton was another one that oh. I just loved. Loved yeah. for what he did, Sean Rogers, those guys. Um, but the thing that I would say to you is it's one thing to be that player, and it's another one when you help turn the program and get it righted. And that may be what he did. It may be what James Brown did back in the mid-90s a little bit. Um, yeah. So I look at those guys uh, in, in a little bit different, you know, and they weren't necessarily out in front of the media, but they were definitely in the locker room. They're they culture catalysts. They're culture catalysts, right? Yeah. They, the, the culture was, at, you know, it wasn't right at the time. And they came in. And when we look back, when Texas actually competed for championships again in a couple of years, we'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when the, it was him. He was one of them guys that decided, no, no, no. On my watch, the culture will change. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because – they needed it at the right. This is what I'm saying. If you go from a five and seven and you're just kind of meandering through it and that's coming off of a pandemic and all of this other stuff. Yeah, man. And a new coach and you need someone to stand up and make not only be the thing that I think is interesting. And, and we can talk about leadership for days on end and not ever get it exactly right. I think um, because most of it's just pontificating, but you follow people who let their walk, let their play do the talking, typically, right? And I'm telling you, he had a couple of runs last year that showed no, no, no quit in him whatsoever. Um, he came in. I don't. People won't remember this uh, as much, but against UTSA, Texas looked dead on offense. Hmm. 
Roshan came in and gave them a shot in the arm, ran over a guy, uh, leaped over a guy going down near the goal line, all of that stuff. And that was a tough game for Texas. Yeah. You know, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Taylor, got, got his team either at eight or nine wins already again this year. Yeah. At UTSA. And so, yeah, yeah. Sam Hellinger, how can you not remember? Hey, no that? doubt. Sam, hey, Sam's, one, Sam's one of them guys. Ain't no yeah, question. Exactly. One of them and so my point to you is that I, I think that we are all attracted as fans to guys that not only um, we can see the extra effort, but see the physicality, see the dedication to the team, not just themselves. I mean, here's a guy that's a backup. Yep. Um, Sam's a little different than that. He was the leader of the team, but he was also the, the quarterback. But he would take punishment and physically, you know, he'd have blood all over his shirt and everywhere else. You know, those yeah. are the kind of guys that people get behind. And one of the reasons why that, to your point, Roshan Johnson will be uh, go down as one of the most beloved players in certainly in recent Texas history. But uh, it's a lot of uh, it's it's a big deal. Um, Rod. Well said. This we've got at least one more game, you and I, uh, for post game. Um, but let's talk about where Texas is at eight and four, um, and where they are in this situation as it relates to uh, what Steve Sarkeesian's done in year two. Do you are you happy with where the program is headed right now as a former player? Do you I know you probably there are things that we all don't like, things that we do like, et cetera. But overall. Where what are your thoughts on Steve Sarkeesian? Uh, I think Steve Sarkeesian this year with the eight and four, he confirmed that his vision, right? The vision that he had for the program, <clears throat> the one he's selling to recruits, he confirmed that it's on the right trajectory, it's on the right path. Like he's he's putting all the right pieces in place to be able to execute his vision. I mean, it's the same vision he sold the Manning family or the first family of football on. Like this is at the five and seven. He sold the Manning family on his vision. <laughs> and like I said, it, that whatever it was, it worked because they, they were sold. Or it's coming to the 40 acres. And to me, he had to show tangible proof that not only he could he as a, you know, as the, the head of Texas football, have a vision for where the program is going to go. And we know what it is. It's pretty obvious from the way he recruits. Um, he wants, obviously, top-notch quarterbacks, <laughs> elite quarterbacks, and line of scrimmage. He wants to win bully ball and he likes to recruit speed and you know what I mean like he's we kind of know what he likes and what he wants he hasn't really told us exactly what his vision is but we know what he likes and what he wants and what I was concerned with was for Sark number one his inability to adjust in game right to win the chess match within the game we know he actually he did that today he did it he did it today amen brother he did it today now usually his game planning and preparation is actually among the best in the country. And honestly, truth is, you know, every now and then we've seen it struggle versus TCU. Hell, I guess in this game a little bit, you saw um, them start slow. But usually that is money for Sark. And I'll give him a ton of credit for that, him and his coaches. Said, Man, that game planning and preparation is money. But at times they would lose the battle of the chess match, in-game in adjustments. This game, that was not the case. Um, and I'll give Sark a ton of credit. For, for him, I think that's his big hurdle he's got to overcome is that when your game planning and preparation is trash and you got to and throw it out the window, all right, you say forget about it, you got to be a coach that can still go out and win the game 
based on the amount of data that you got just from that game's time scenario, real time. And he hasn't proven to do that, but this game he did. That's a step in the right direction, and I think it's against a quality coach. I like Dave Aranda. Probably more than you do, but I like Dave Aranda. And number number two for the team, I think for them, their big issue was they couldn't play a fourth-quarter game. They couldn't win a game in the fourth quarter. I mean, most really – if you're going to play with a really good team at championship level, it's going. It's a fourth-quarter game. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Y'all are going to trade blows until those late rounds, and then somebody's got to go out there and make clutch plays in clutch time. That's what this team is doing, making clutch plays. Uh, defensively, we've seen it from Jalen Ford. Hell, I'll give Jaday Barron a ton of credit. The defensive line stepped up, making clutch plays in clutch time. And then they know how to close out a game now. Offensively, it's just running the ball. Just put some Bijan on it, and you believe you can impose your will on the opponent and wear them down over fourth quarters. Um, I, I do think the passing game is taking a step back for Texas. That's okay. That's something Sark's got to fix. That's probably a, probably a more long-term off-season fix, but I think he knows the the temporary and you know the, the, the temporary antidote, if you will, which is short, high percentage, easy completions for my quarterback. If I make life easy on him, my running game is dominant enough where I can essentially win a game without having a true vertical downfield threat. He can scheme open short to intermediate throws, and honestly, Quinn Hughes is really good at those. He's really good at those short intermediate throws. So I think they know the identity of the team now. I, I, it took them a while to figure it out. We, we, we just saw week-to-week improvement for the first time, though, the last three weeks, right? Other than that, it was sporadic. It was, man, they bet they, you know, U, UTSA was a, you know, a, a shaky, weird start, and then they found a way to close it out. Then Bama, they played down, you know, to the wire. That was weird. Um, then they lost at Texas Tech. Uh, come back with a great win over West Virginia, dominant win over Oklahoma. And then you get to, you know, the Iowa State win. They found a way to win that game for tight in a, in a, in a struggle. And then you get the Oklahoma State setback. That's a regression. Um, and then, you know, the team rallies, you know, finds a, another way to, you know, to win some games. But we hadn't seen the week-to-week improvement. This is the first time we've seen week-to-week improvement. And I'm glad it's to close out the season. So I think it's a, it's a great way for this team to prove, no, 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 they figured out the ways to win games late. Yeah, I mean, look, um, I know people, uh, not last 13 games, Texas is nine and four. You know, you after after being four and seven to start it uh, for Sark's uh, tenure. Uh, so uh, we'll have to see what it all means, Rod. But uh, I feel like I feel like the program's in good shape. I know what's coming in in recruiting. I think that the key to next season will not even not only be uh, continued improvement in the passing game, uh, but continued improvement on the offensive line. Uh, hopefully, it, it Tavondre Tavondre Sweat did not walk in Senior Day. Uh, wow. That would be big if he came back That'd along with Alfred Collins, uh, as well as uh, 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 Byron Murphy. That's that. Those are three key pieces at, at the front. Brought Vernon Broughton would be back as well. Uh, uh, Baron Sorrell, Justice Finkley, ostensibly going to be back. Jalen Ford. Uh, you know, I, I feel like knowing all of that, I think Texas is moving in a very, very smart direction. I think that to be highly competitive next year, they're going to have to win some guys in the portal. Um, <clears throat> not unlike. Ryan Watts. I mean, we didn't we didn't talk about Ryan Watts 
near enough this postseason or this season. No, you're right. And part of the reason we didn't is because he didn't make any mis- major mistakes. Yeah. We didn't sit there and say, oh, he, he, you know. I'm with you. And they need – they get three, four, five of those guys that can step in <clears throat> on top of the, some talent, getting a little bit more seasoning. I think that I think it's in the right direction, but they gotta they gotta win some guys in the portal here over the next month or two, and then again after April, uh, when another group of uh, portal guy our guys will go in the portal as well. And let me ask you this, Bobby: How many guys you think for Texas are going to end up making all Big Twelve? Because I gotta tell you, off the top of my head, what they got two or three teams. You're gonna have a lot of Texas defenders on there, man. Because your well, defense. They- they have the official one has two, but there are a couple okay. of other people that do three. Um, I got the defense, the defense alone, you're gonna have what four and easy. You, you know, Jalen Ford is gonna be. I think Jaden today, Barron's might get some love. Your defensive front definitely is gonna get some love. You're gonna have two guys on there at least out of defense, yeah. But front. where will they be on the first team? Be? I don't know. I'm just talking about this all just all conference honors, but you're right. I don't know. Yeah, I bet team. I bet Coburn maybe maybe second team. Okay. Um Ford, Barron, and then you have Overshone, maybe a second team also. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not sure Ryan Watts, maybe second team. Ryan Watts should get should get some love, but you're right. It's it, it's so his he's so discreet <laughs> in, in the way he goes about his business. But if you actually, and I don't, obviously I said, I don't know if they're going to go this deep into it. If you go look at Texas scheme and what he's asked to do within the scheme, and then go look at the impact of him being out, which Longhorn fans know very well when he was out, how susceptible and vulnerable Texas was in past defense, because they ask him to do a lot because they don't give him a lot of help. And he's playing up at that boundary. And they play, he basically plays bump and run corner, probably, 60% of the time he's up there in somebody's face jamming, you know, he should get some love, but they probably won't go that deep into it. So I can see you, I can see him saying, yeah, he doesn't get uh first or second team, maybe honorable mention or something like that. Look at it on, on offense, uh, banks, Kelvin banks. Oh, first, no first or second team. Yep. Uh, Christian Jones, first or second team, in my opinion. Oh yeah. I made his family. Oh, They're good people. I don't think you're going to get both bookends as first team. I just, I don't so see maybe it's Kevin Banks because they know they're gonna have him for the next few years. They'll bump him I down. Yeah, that would be disrespectful. I'll be surprised if he's not freshman of the year. Um, yeah. uh, JT Sanders, uh, and then obviously, <coughs> I don't think either of the receivers will. They just don't have the stats. But then obviously, Bijan Robinson and Robinson yeah. will have a chance to be the uh, offensive player of the year. But if I would I would bet money Max right Duggan. now. It will not be Bijan. It will be Max Duggan. Yeah, I would say Max He's Duggan, the offensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. Uh, and you know, uh, just given what what he's gone through and led TCU to this season, uh, I think that's understandable. Even though Bijan now is over fifteen hundred yards and thirty five hundred yards uh, for his career. Do we get uh, Bijan to the Heisman? Is that just that's not it's not going to happen, right? I, I don't see it because I think Caleb – I think it's going to be an all-quarterback thing. Um, okay. I, I could be wrong. Uh, you had to get to the at Ohio State, uh, Caleb Williams at USC, and after that, I don't know. Yeah. You have to get to the Big 12 title even have the discussion. He, if he don't get to the Big 12 title, it ain't going to happen. He's got to be – he did a bigger stage, and he's got to help Texas win another game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's absolutely fair. All right. Uh, Rod, I appreciate you so much this regular season. Oh, dude. man, it's been fun, Bobby. I love <laughs> it, man. 
you're, I, love, I can do it all the time. to listen to and uh, learn from and talk with because I think uh, your uh, passion comes through uh, when you talk about the Longhorns. And that's one of the things we like about uh, folks that are on Texas football and inside Texas. Uh, we, we want people that actually care about it and uh, talk intelligently and aren't just out there to say stuff to be saying stuff. So, uh, Rod Babers, you've been a pleasure. I hope to see you at the Big 12 championship game. Amen, uh, we don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll for sure uh, hit you up uh, for the bowl game at the very least. All right. For Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been the On Texas Football postgame show. For more coverage, please check out InsideTexas.com. Uh, Eric Nalin, our publisher, Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, our beat reporter, Paul Wadlington, will have his uh, postmortems, so to speak, on uh, the Longhorns offense and defense as well. Hey, Rod, one last thing. Texas won special teams again today, too. Uh, yeah, they did, man. You're right about that. We don't talk enough about Jeff Banks. Did it again. I would say, I would say weekly, week in and week out, they win special teams most weeks. They won it again. It. Yeah. They won it again. All right, Rod, thanks for everything, bud. You have a good right, one. You, Everybody else, happy Thanksgiving. We hope you uh, spend it with okay. you and yours this week. Uh, and uh, Justin Wells will be with me tomorrow morning for Rapid Reactions as well. Uh, for Rod, I'm Bobby Burton. Hook him. Hook him.